Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, Brando, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you can be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson, and available wherever fine podcasts are because... We're on the road to 182,000 subs, Larson. We're asking our friendo universe out there to hit that subscribe button on YouTube and the little notify bell next to it. And if you listen to this audio podcast, you can go ahead and get on the iTunes podcast app and give us, leave us a review if you want to support the show. Leave us a review. It helps us. It brings us up in the rankings or ratings, whatever it is there. I was having an internal debate as to whether to drink iced tea or water at this moment. Well, that that is a debate, absolutely. This is the new format of, are we calling this anything? We need to think of a new name. We have yet to, we're we're sort of in the middle of kind of a light reshuffle of things. Dirt Sheet proper now is pretty much on Mondays, our live, it's our Monday live show. Yeah. Where we talk about the news from the weekend. Evidently, there's not going to be one of those this week. Or this next week, because I'm going to be gone. We might try to film something to replace it Yeah. after we're done with this. Or I'll just come over here when you're not here and do something. I wish you would. That'd be great. Just do something. Like, wake up. I want you to wake up at, like, 7 in the morning. Have your coffee while you're recording something on a really shoddy, like, go dig up, like, an iPhone 3 front face camera and, like, record something there for, like, an hour. Okay. You talking about all your gripes with wrestling. Just an hour of negativity about wrestling. I don't really consider myself a negative person. No, I know, but it'd be kind of funny if you did. Oh, okay. There's an airing of grievances, huh? <laughs> exactly. Larson's airing of grievances. Wrestling Festivus. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, on this show, we use uh, the video questions submitted by our $20 a month and up patron pledges. Um, which you guys can take a look at at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. If you want to participate, they send us these video sort of topics for debate. Yeah. And uh, and then we each take a side. You know, a lot of the times you and I fall on the same side of certain well, topics. Well, we can still debate nuance. Well, yeah, no, I'm, look, I'm totally fine uh, taking the devil's advocate role. Oh, same here. A topic that you or I might both agree on. I'll take the other side. Why not? Yeah, as long as I can formulate an interesting point 
uh, to make. Yeah. I could, I, I, I could, yeah, for the sake of argument, I could do the same. Absolutely. We're going to first tackle uh, some controversy in the wrestling, maybe con- some conspiracy issues potentially in the wrestling world. Patrick Sparks left us an interesting topic to debate. Let's see what Patrick had to say. Hey, friendos, Pat here. So, got a debate topic for you. I'll start by saying everybody loves a conspiracy theory every once in a while, whether it be a real one like JFK or 9-11 or Watergate or something stupid like that, or a WWE one like Randy Savage, Sweet and Stephanie McMahon. But I was listening to Edge and Cushion's podcast recently with Daniel Bryan, and he made a remark of Vince telling Daniel Bryan that uh, Vince wanted Roman Reigns to be the next Cena of the company, and Daniel Bryan replied, that's nice and all, but I want to be the next Cena. So, do you think, this is me just speculating, throwing shit out there, do you think that uh, WWE making Daniel Bryan retire, forcing him, is a small conspiracy to allow Roman Reigns to continue getting pushed, because obviously if Daniel Bryan didn't have to retire, he'd be fucking huge. And that's my second question. How big do you think Daniel Bryan would be right now if he were still competing? And where would he have ranked on PWI's top 500? Thanks, Fendos. Have a good day. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Wow. Wow. Patrick Sparks, the new Art Bell of the wrestling of the Frendo community, saying UFOs, Flat Earth, Big Feet. Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Big Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Well, let me ask Yeti. Before we get started, when you Chupacabra. When you were a kid, were you fascinated by conspiracy theories such as like Bigfoot UF Bigfoot UFOs? Oh, um, I thought Loch the, the idea that a, a, a giant hairy uh, being roaming the woods of the Pacific Northwest. I thought that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it actually wasn't until I got older and learned of the Chupacabra. Oh, that's what really wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big conspiracy. Here's my thing about conspiracy theories in general, right? It take conspiracy theories, like for example, you know, I find the the 9/11 conspiracy theory com- like completely ridiculous. Oh, the it idea is. that our government. Yeah, it's well, ridiculous. because here's the thing. Have you, ever been, have you ever been to a government agency? you ever been to the DMV, Larson? Yeah. Do you really think that multiple government agencies or that many people can formulate a coherent enough plan and get away with it? No. No. Come on. Government, government's filled with people who don't want to be there. Why would they go out of their way to manufacture such nonsense? Yeah. I don't know. People watch too many movies. Um, I was a big fan of Bigfoot until I found out, until I watched... You know, like this, the famous Bigfoot footage? Yeah, it's like someone decided to make kind of like a Godzilla movie. It's man in suit. When Yeah, dude, when when you watch it without the shake, because there's like a great like Yeah, yeah, it too. yeah. yeah it's just someone walking. Without the shake, it is, it is jarring how it is simply a human being walking around, in the, and it's so ridiculous. I know. <laughs> anyway, that blew, that blew my mind big time. Uh, aliens, yes or no? Have aliens visited Earth yet? Oh, right? I don't know about that. I mean, okay. Well, aliens do exist. Yeah. They're, they're out there. Yeah. Come on. There's so many planets for there not to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But have they ever visited Earth? Uh, yeah, probably not. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think, probably I not. think the, span of, the span of time that human beings are on Earth is such a drop in the bucket compared to like every, like all yeah, the yeah, other yeah, planets. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. The, that's not who the topic. Shot, who shot JFK? Oh, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> he was involved at the least. Uh, but anyways, that's not the topic Patrick wants us to talk about. Did Vince McMahon 
forced Daniel Bryan to retire in order to pave the path, pave the way for Roman Reigns to become the next John Cena. For the top, for the for for the purpose of this show, I will take the tack that he did. All right, continue. All right, Daniel Bryan's really short, and I think in Vince McMahon's mind, there is <laughs> Vince McMahon's <laughs> Vince McMahon. I think okay. Here's the thing. I, I can I can argue this point. I don't believe it necessarily, but I could see the possibility that Vince McMahon might have thought the yes chance were what was over about Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan did kind of spoil the return of Batista to the WWE fold by getting so over with the crowd. Daniel Bryan ended up becoming champion, and Daniel Bryan had a history of concussions and injuries because of his style. I could see that Vince wouldn't perhaps want to continue along the Daniel Bryan path and simply felt, you know what? I'm killing two birds with one stone here. We can have a ratings pop with his retirement speech. We keep him under contract so he's not out there wrestling in other companies. Um, We've got this concussion lawsuit pending. And on top of that, there is not a chance, there is, if you will, no chance in hell that Daniel Bryan's yes chant would ever uh, succumb to Roman Reigns and what their plans are for him. Dan- Daniel Bryan was the ultimate spoiler for what Vince McMahon wanted. So while I would never think that he would make Daniel Bryan retire, the concussions, especially given that Daniel Bryan has had evidently other doctors, plenty, a bunch of other doctors, uh clear him on top of that there's the whole thing about daniel bryan not telling wwe's doctor about the concussion seizures that he had had until well after he had had them mm-hmm. and that sort of you know didn't make that doctor very and so that could have been vince mcmahon thinking oh this guy's kind of a liability at this point our doctor isn't going to clear him good enough for me you're out of here I actually don't think that's the case go ahead and make that. go ahead and, and argue again vince is a businessman what do business people like they like, they like the money. They like money. They like the money. Daniel Bryan was the 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 biggest crossover star in WWE since John Cena in what 2006. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, the arc he was on, give him a, a number of good feuds, he could have. I don't exactly say get to the Stone Cold Rock level, but the potential was there. He wasn't going to be doing movies. He didn't want to do movies. Right. But you had. Uh, in arenas and baseball stadiums around the world, people doing this. Mm-hmm. They might not know what it's from, mm-hmm. but they're doing it. True. So, if nothing else, the Yes Chant crossed over into the mainstream solidly. Daniel Bryan was on the San Francisco Giants World Series Parade in 2014, I think it was. He was achieving some merit of mainstream success. Uh, with that comes opportunities to make a large amount of money. I don't think Vince would say, all right, we're going to make this guy retire and not make money off him for the sake of elevating Roman Reigns. Having Daniel Bryan in the company doesn't mean he has to be the champion. Um, uh, so you can still force Roman Reigns on people while keeping Daniel Bryan here. On the off chance, this whole Roman Reigns thing doesn't work. If you want, which was actually kind of the plan, um, after Daniel Bryan came back before, uh, or after his injury, when he, after he won the title, 
was Daniel Bryan was going to be the guy on SmackDown. He was willing to accept that challenge. He wanted that challenge to take the Intercontinental title, which he won at WrestleMania 31, shortly after his return from injury, and says, I want to make SmackDown feel important. They could have simply done that. Reigns will be the guy in Raw. Daniel Bryan be the guy in SmackDown. The reason they want him retired, they didn't want the liability of him being in the ring, getting hit in the head, and being seriously messed up. That's why. Especially with that concussion lawsuit hanging over their head. That's why. Can I point out this point? Is the, I'm going to make this point as well to concur with you. When's the last time that we know of that Vince, the, the, kind of the only time wrestling-wise that Vince enacted, was orchestrated rather, a conspiracy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and not got out, that got out pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Montreal Screwjob. I mean, it was plainly obvious what was going on to anybody who was actually halfway paying attention to the events as they <laughs> unfolded. Exactly. I mean, the only ambiguity was that HPK did a pretty good acting job of being upset. <laughs> right, right. But it seemed pretty, I mean, you, you can watch the events as they unfold. It's like, oh, he just got screwed at the title. <laughs> There's really no way that, yeah. that no one else in the ring could have not known about that. Yeah, right. Apart from Brett, obviously. Right. But like, yeah, the ref would have to know. Sean would have to know. Yeah. So. You know, I don't think Vince is like a conspiracy-minded. Like, I don't think he, I don't think he's very, he's not, to, to be able to enact a good conspiracy, you need you need the the art of subtlety and secrecy. And I don't think Vince is that guy, <laughs> especially in this day and age when everything seems to be leaked on the internet. I, when betting odds shift, I know because there's an internal leak. Literally, like to the minute that Vince McMahon decides to change something, it's obviously they're not really running a tight ship over there. Exactly. If there was, if that was the reason that. Daniel Bryan was forced to retire because Vince wanted to push Roman Reigns. We would know it by now. Yeah. Uh, there's no way. And and there has never even, besides, you know, besides completely baseless speculation, there's never been anything that could substantiate that idea. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. No, but, uh, but I don't know. I tried to make the case. You tried. Yeah, I tried. You did all right. Next up, we have our good friend, oh, the Going In Raw HR Department, Department. Michael, Michael Barry. Barry. Let's see what Mr. Michael Barry has to say. Hey, friend, is a quick question for the debate. I was thinking, who right now is better at building feuds? The WWE, as far as Raw and SmackDown, or NXT? Me, I think it's NXT. I don't think your champion needs to be on every week doing mixed tag matches and random contract signings, but... Want to hear you guys talk about it? Thank you, Michael Berry. Thank you. Good question. Uh, do you want me to start this time? Yeah, go ahead. You're going to take on the the role of guy who will defend main rosters. Few I actually have I actually have an argument that I somewhat believe in. Yeah, I don't and like your argument already. And that's what you're going to do. Um, so main roster encompasses Raw, SmackDown, and. 205 Live. Yeah, technically. So while uh, Raw is, is subject to uh, bloat more often than not, sure. um, SmackDown is a much leaner show, and as such, it usually does a better job telling stories. I don't think there's any show within WWE does a better job of building feuds than 205 Live. Okay. They take their time. Their feuds are based on character and character development. Granted, there's some duds. The recent Brian Kendrick, Jack Gallagher thing. Wasn't very good. Yeah, sure. But by and large, think of the feuds they've had the last uh, within the last six months. Even Neville Aries, really good. Yeah. Neville Tazawa, great. Uh, uh, TJP Swan right now is good. It's mm-hmm. interesting. 
Um, Noam Dar. Noam Dar, Cedric Alexander. It was up and down, but by the end, it was entertaining. It was never boring. That's true. It was never bad. It went on way too long. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm missing a huge one. Why am I forgetting it? Oh, uh, Drew Gulak, Mustafa Ali. Oh, yeah. That was, good. That was fantastic. Yeah. Apart from Braun and Roman, the best feud of the year, I think, have all been on 205 Live. Yeah. And NXT... They will always deliver their takeovers, but how many times we said going into a takeover, yeah, the build hasn't been that good for the show. <laughs> a lot. Not, a lot. But they thing. always deliver at the end. Yeah. 205 Live builds stories really well. I wish the payoff matches would happen on larger stages because then I think people would be more taken with the show mm-hmm. because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of building up feuds, letting them develop, giving them time to breathe, and giving us satisfying and interesting conclusions... 205 Live is the best show in WWE. Period. I don't even really think there's much debate in this regard. Oh. I really don't think there's a ton. Ooh. Mainly for the reason that a lot of times the build takeover isn't very good. Yeah. Or basically non-existent. Just think this last uh, takeover. Title match. Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. It felt like it was more of a Bobby Roode Roderick Strong feud going into that match. Drew really wasn't involved that much. Mm-hmm. Not a very good build. Mm-hmm. So when Drew won... There really wasn't that, oh, man, that's great. He was cool. I like Drew. I'm happy for him. But there was no catharsis mm-hmm. at all. Whereas, take, for example, when uh, uh, the end of Mustafa Ali-Drew Gulak best two out of three falls match. When Mustafa won that last fall, it was great. I marked out sitting there on my couch alone in my home. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you paint that picture? That just brought it down. No, because it's so engrossing. I don't care. I'm watching it by oh, myself. All right. It's all good right. storytelling, Steve. Yeah. That's what feud building is all about. Quality storytelling. 205 Live is the best, and therefore, Maine gets the edge. Okay. Well, uh, number one, congratulations for completely dodging your side of the debate. 205 Live is not necessarily under... Well, from what we understand, 205 Live is not a Vince Child. Which is why it's good. I know. But the point is, main roster. Main roster is Raw and SmackDown. NXT is far the better. The cruiserweights are on Raw. They're part of the main roster. NXT, there is a giant asterisk next to your debate. No. Uh, uh, your side of the day. The, the cruiserweights wrestle on okay, WWE pa- branded pay-per-view. Okay, you side. I'm saying my side now. You, com- you completely dodged the question. NXT. Let's think about the last couple takeovers and the builds to those takeovers. I will absolutely agree. The builds have not been great. However, NXT over the past 12 months or so has been a very, very, I'm not going to say tumultuous, but there has definitely been a reloading phase over the past couple of takeovers. And so there has not been the stability within NXT in order to build those feuds. You go before then, and you have things like Neville versus Bo Dallas versus uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens when he came in. Then you have Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the fairly recent past, and that was a phenomenally built uh, feud. You had Bailey versus Oscar. The only person who's even come close to Oscar uh, uh, that that Bailey was is Ember Moon, and look what happened with that. That could have been a fantastic build, but she got 
injured. And if it wasn't injured, then it was a work injury, which is kind of silly. That in, that injury was a real injury, wasn't it? Okay, I think it was a real well, injury. Well, the injury wasn't the spot where she got thrown right, in the ring. Yeah, the yeah. spot was, it was done something to cover else. an injury. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. That feud, that build could have been great. It was slightly bungled by creative, but we have both noted that it is kind of odd how much they have bungled Ember Moon's character based on the fact that they're usually amazing at character building. We have some pretty exciting feuds being built right now. In fact, their storytelling, uh, I think they are so washing themselves of the just the crop that just went like Bobby Roode. They didn't even show him after he got pinned by Roderick Strong on this past episode of NXT. They went straight into the Roderick Strong Drew McIntyre storyline. You can't tell me that build isn't going to be hot because we saw that start two weeks ago or three weeks ago whenever he fought Bobby Roode. Then he's challenging Drew McIntyre. Then you got the Ring of Honor guys coming in, and knowing their history is Roderick Strong, that's going to be intriguing. Right now is an amazing time to be observing the, the feud-building aspects of NXT. You've got this. I'm not going to spoil it, but you've got something going on with Velveteen Dream and, and uh, Velveteen Dream rather, and uh, Aleister Black that's happening that's going to get Twitter a buzz. NXT right now. You're telling me that the storyline with Andrade Almas with the Tranquilo or no Tranquilo isn't one of the best builds. Granted, it's not really, but I have faith that it's going to go somewhere. Um, and uh, you, you didn't say anything about Raw or SmackDown. You just said 205 Live. No, I did say it. And that's still, we got we got to figure out. We got to figure out who's writing 205 Live. I know. Because that know. person needs a pat on the back. You you bring up uh, an interesting uh, point, which I think defends my my, my slide, which mm-hmm. is uh, you made a lot of excuses for a lack of feud building in NXT, and I think because there is a high uh, turnover on the roster, it's like we said this before. It's like paying attention to a minor league baseball team. We have a minor league baseball team here in town. You don't really get to know the players because they're moving all over the place. They're getting sent up, sent down. So you have to uh, uh, become a fan of the team because that's your, your home team. We NXT, have been... Hold on. NXT is a similar thing. You watch NXT because the brand, the action is good, the wrestling is good. Yeah, they'll give you good feuds, good characters, time, time in here, time in here, here and there. But 205 Live, since they really hit their stride in the last eight months, six months, has been top to bottom some of the best writing in all of WWE consistently. I can't, I can't disagree with that. I still think you're dodging. However, I do think, I do firmly believe that the last couple takeovers. What's been a better feud this year than Braun and Roman? There hasn't been one. <laughs> okay, all right. See, there you go. All right, that's all right. I mean, that's you're going right. to be not or, 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 um, I mean, like the first part of 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 Orton Wyatt, we were interested in. That's true. That's a good point. The writing on SmackDown is pretty good. Now going back and actually arguing what you should be arguing in the first place. No, because 205 Live is the best written show on WWE television, and it's not, part of the main it's roster. Not really a main roster. It's like it's like a spinoff. It's Where's like the cruiserweight belt defended on takeovers or pay per views? Pay per views. They're a main roster show. Everybody right now watching this and listening to this completely understands that you are dodging the debate topic. By using 205 Live, which you know, let me ask you, why did they move Enzo to 205 Live? Because, because he weighs 205 pounds or less. Because it's, oh, it's because they wanted him to get out of Vince's hair. Yeah, that's, that's backstage stuff. It has nothing to do with the quality of the product in, uh, on TV. Absolutely, it does. The question here, main roster, that's the direct purview of Vince McMahon. That is the question. That's the heart of the question. You have successfully dodged answering the questions. 205 Live. Point goes to me. 
NXT over Maine. No, two hundred five live over. I everything do think else. you you <laughs> have you have to admit though you have to admit though with Oscar uh, debate over with Oscar out of the way. Oh, there's all sorts of storyline potentials. Yeah. I think yeah, and I think that it's going to be a while. Like Oscar's obviously going up. She yeah, she's going up. But beyond her. And guys like, okay, No Way Jose, who's not going to be using any story, in any real storylines, they do have a nucleus of talent who I don't see going up anytime soon. I don't see Drew going up anytime soon. I could see maybe Aleister Black leapfrogging the title to go straight to Maine, possibly. I would think there's, a, we, for the next year, this is pretty much the roster we're going to see. I think it is. And in that yeah. respect, I think we're going to get some better builds. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like what's going to be better. It's what has been better. Um, and of late, 205 Live is the best. Of late, maybe, but going back further than 205 Live, even existed Shinsuke versus Joe. Name a better feud. Ever? Yes. Uh, CM Punk, John Cena. Damn it, you got me. That's on. That was, was that on 205 Live? No, that was on the main. Okay, just make it. That was sure. on the main. All right. But it's a perfect segue for our next topic. <laughs> well done. From Blue Thunderbomb, he's got our next debate topic. How are we, Stephen Larson and friendos? Just a quick question here about who would you say the best wrestler is out of CM Punk and John Cena? And what I mean by this is everything about who they are in ring, Mike, and even outside of the ring, what kind of work they do. It just seems that CM Punk has rather disgraced himself in a way, but John Cena seems to keep on growing as a celebrity and a great ambassador for all wrestling. Thank you, friendos, and see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you, Blue Thunderbomb. Thank you, Blue Thunderbomb. So, Steve, who's better, CM Punk or John Cena? Best in the world! Anybody can say that. (laughs) It's CM Punk! Of course it's CM Punk! And I know you agree with me. However, you're totally going to debate on the side of Lord Chongo of John Cena. So, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and start. Okay, here's the thing about CM Punk, which made him so compelling, so captivating. It's because every guy out there wants to be CM Punk. I don't want to be CM Punk. I want to be Finn Balor. (laughs) Okay, well, now it's Finn Balor. But when CM Punk was hot, that was the thing. He looked cooler than everybody else. He shot from the hip. He told it like it was. He was the guy that rubbed it in the face of the authority figures, of the puppet authority figures like John Cena, the glad-handing yes-men like John Laurinaitis. He was a Paul Heyman guy. All the Paul, most of the Paul Heyman guys were super cool. He made ECW. He made Brock Lesnar. Everybody loved being Paul Heyman guys. CM Punk was a Paul Heyman guy. He came up through the independent scene, Ring of Honor. Did he do CZW? I don't know. I don't know either, but he came up. Some CM Punk fan you are. (laughs) He came up through the independent ranks. He was the coolest guy. He read comic books. Boy, hold on. You thought he was cool when he had the long hair? Uh, That was my least favorite. Well, okay, long hair and beard. Well, it was you yeah, know the beer was. was fine, yeah, yeah. But but before Straight Edge Society, when you just had the long hair. Well, aesthetically speaking, no. Like the best punk was short hair punk. Okay, continue. Yeah, so make sure, okay, make yeah. Sure. No, you know what I'm talking. You're talking about. a very particular phase of CM speaking Punk. Speaking of which, he had the cool from day one. He had the coolest merchandise. 
He always had the coolest looking merchandise. Look at The Rock was totally right when he used to call uh, John Cena's stuff look like Fruity Pebbles. And I know that was a nasty double entendre, but I always related it to his crappy merchandise. It was big, bright colors and stuff. It looks like crap. Um, now, granted, John Cena is a huge crossover star, but John Cena is something that no wrestling fan really can aspire to. Nobody can actually be John Cena. Cena Punk is pedestrian enough that anybody could be him, and most of the wrestling fans are freaking nerds. And look at CM Punk. What's he doing now? Writing comic books. Who wouldn't want to do that? Everybody you telling me the comic book industry is dying. Why would I want to do that? Well, that's even cooler. Are you kidding me? That's even more punk, so to speak. Everybody... Would love to be CM Punk. He's something. He was never the most athletic guy in the world, but he was the most passionate guy. John Cena gets in there. And what does he do? He phones it in unless he's fighting somebody he actually wants to fight, or <laughs> he doesn't phone it in if he's fighting somebody he just wants to clown like Baron Corbin. Yeah. So no, look. You watch that Total Bellas, and you see what John Cena is really like, because that's like a hidden camera, true documentary Werner Herzog type thing going on there. You see what kind of person John Cena is. Does anybody want to be him? No, because he's a robot. Miz had it completely right. Nobody wants to be John Cena. Everybody would love to be CM Punk. That's why CM Punk is way better. He was cooler. Sure, he didn't really pop ratings that much, but he was really cool, and I liked him a lot. John Cena. He's lame. You know, you never really get. He wears jorts. You never really get into any sort of like concrete uh, uh, criteria. Um, you just your whole argument is punk is cool, therefore he's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. He put on more consistently better matches than John Cena. Every CM Punk match was. Oh, you just brought me Browns with better points too. Every CM Punk match. What? Continue. Every CM. That was a weird. Continue. Look. That was a weird look. You're just continue me. your thought. All right. Every CM Punk match. He would leave it all out there. Okay. John Cena. What did you think I was going to say? I, just, I thought you were going to defend the quality of his matches across the board, and I was going to bring up a few examples of CM Punk matches that were garbage. Not necessarily because of him. Oh, oh, no. Every CM Punk match, he tried to drag whatever useless sack of crap he was fighting <laughs> right back. Yeah, right back. To a decent match. And granted, he couldn't do it because he's dealing with Ryback, but he tried his best. And that's why he's better than John Cena, right. because John Cena will go in there. John Cena right now, while he is wildly entertaining, does not give an F. And I really want somebody in there who gives an F. John C- CM Punk was willing to go to the UFC and, uh, and make an ass out of himself and get murdered in the middle of the ring just to pursue his dream because it was his lifelong passion to do that. You have to respect Nothing that. Nothing to do with... What's John Cena doing? He's in a Bumblebee movie. Who cares about that? Garbage. I'm jo- I love John Cena. You go ahead and talk him up. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Blue Thunderbomb laid out some criteria about uh, by which we should judge Punk and Cena. Okay. And I won't sit here and argue that Cena is a, a better in-ring competitor than Punk. Because, yeah, Punk put on consistently better matches. Cena's put on some fantastic matches on his own right, including many with CM Punk. Absolutely. Um, when you're talking promo ability, at this point, I'd say that's a wash. Okay. That's a wash. Okay. So the last criteria he used is, is crossover appeal. Cena blows Punk completely out of the water in that regard. Completely. Cena is the, the, the biggest WWE star since Stone Cold and The Rock. And he's had that top spot longer than anybody else since, like, Bruno. That's one thing that I'll never really argue with about the, the scenario where Triple H was saying he never thought Cena was that guy who would do Good Morning American yeah. stuff. You mean Punk. Punk, yeah. yeah. He's probably right about that. Yeah, he is probably right about that. <laughs> um, so, uh, using that criteria, I would say 
Cena's crossover and mainstream appeal vastly outpaces Punk. Punk is a better wrestler. I don't think his in-ring ability vastly outpaces Cena, especially when Cena is is focused uh, and, and into his match. Look at Cena's matches um, with AJ Styles recently. Phenomenal. Um, going back to Cena's merch. Right now, yeah, it's garbage. His earlier merch, some of it was pretty cool. The AW, AWA shirt, that was cool. Yeah, the old uh, Nintendo, Nintendo cartridge one, one that was cool. Yeah. Some of his older stuff, that was pretty cool. Yeah. When he was a doctor of thugonomics. Oh, yeah. He had some good stuff back then. Now it's all crap. Um, uh, uh, he did have that cool PBR ripoff. Yeah, I'll, almost I'll got say, a cease and desist. I'll interject. I'll, I'll say this. CM Punk's design aesthetic, whoever did his merchandise, I'm sure as many people, um, simply appealed to my own personal aesthetic yeah. more than John Cena's. But I do actually kind of appreciate the like how it's always like different bright colors. <laughs> like yeah, because it's appealing to a very specific audience. <laughs> Children. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like the, the, the power of, of John Cena is that he has managed to resonate as a superstar for more than a decade. A lot of other people have come and gone WWE. Some of them, uh, apparently, uh, it could be argued that he buried. So they couldn't uh, rise to that level. Nonetheless, um, John Cena, historically, you know, better is a subjective term, but I would say in terms of who uh, generated more money for the company. Oh, that's not subjective. That's not at all. That's yeah. Cena. Okay. Um, the, uh, the number of butts he put in seats, Cena. Okay. Part of that has to do with his matches. Some people might find some of his early matches entertaining. There are a few good ones. By and large, they're all kind of the same. The six moves of doom. Lately, he's trying. He has tried to expand his repertoire. He used to do that awful springboard stunner thing. Looked like crap. <laughs> By giving points for trying something different, yeah. he busted out a destroyer against Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. Never done that before. Yeah. Looked good. Yeah. I don't think he's really done it <laughs> since, though. Didn't Alexa Bliss do a destroyer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. I know. Yeah. Destroyer's a great move. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Sure, Cena's better. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I mean, I know you're a big punk guy also. So Not as, as, as huge as a punk fan as you are. Right, right, right. Um, Although I did get a touch punk shoulder. I know, that was cool. Oh, he was so cool back then. God, he was so cool. And, I, like, all his, like, cool trunks and everything. He was just so cool. Um, but I, I do think that uh, the current phase of Cena we have now, Give Zero F Cena, is mm-hmm. the most entertaining phase of Cena I've, I've been witness to. It's pretty damn entertaining. Um, and I'll, I'll only say this about yours because you're 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 right in terms of if criteria of mainstream appeal is one of the if crossover criteria. appeal, yeah. then obviously Cena blows Punk out of the water. That's the thing that I always loved about Punk, though, is that he never seemed to care. I mean, for Cena to be a crossover appeal guy like that, number one, he did appeal to kids during the PG era, which is a very specific thing. And Punk never, that was never his thing. And I'm not sure. I mean, look, John Cena is a once in a generation. He is kind of like The Rock in mm-hmm, that respect. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to blow up huge in Hollywood. Yeah, in Hollywood, and I think that's great for him. But give me the professional wrestler. Give me that because even if it's a house show, and that's why you know that's why he, most likely why he had to leave the game. It's because of that schedule and his desire to put on. To give the people their money's worth. Here's the thing about CM Punk. We kind of, we kind of, uh, I, I sort of thought about this while we were talking about it. He tries to bring Ryback to a decent match. What does John Cena do 
And granted, I don't necessarily disagree with it because I think John Cena is a fine gatekeeper. But John Cena puts on a match that's almost a mockery of somebody when he feels they're not ready for prime time. When he feels they're disrespecting the industry, yeah. he'll go out there. CM Punk, I honestly think, is going to go out there and say, you know what, this guy's a turd, but I'm going to try to drag him to a decent match. John Cena is going to go out there and try to prove a point. Yeah. And to me, you and I find that vastly entertaining. Yeah. Okay? Because it's Barrett Or like a Wade Barrett type thing. Yeah. But that's not what people pay for. If I pay my money, I want to see two guys who are really going to try to bring the best match they can. John Cena takes it as much as he plays up the WWE Universe, I feel like sometimes you might take them for granted. He thinks he can go out there and enact his own agenda. Um, in reference to uh, Cena being a potential gatekeeper, um, granted this is in promos work, you know, in programs he's been involved in, but people have criticized John Cena for not really maybe loving wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it seems uh, uh, perfectly obvious that Cena loves the WWE. Yeah, to me, he takes his his role as gatekeeper so seriously uh, that he's willing to potentially sacrifice the quality of a match mm-hmm. to prove a point because he thinks the point needs to be made. I'm not saying that's necessarily right. I'm just saying that might be his perspective. And and on top of that, not just prove and look it. at look at Baron Corbin's performance on SmackDown. He was way more into it than he had been <laughs> in weeks. Yeah, well, so apparently he heard what Cena was trying to tell. Him. That's that's the point that I was going to piggyback on was not just prove a point, but um, but ensure that whoever he's in there with, you know, improves. Uses it as a learning experience. Yes. Learn right. under the tutelage Baron, Baron posted of John Cena. Baron posted a, a video on his Twitter today of his dog with a Frisbee, and he said, my dog is very floppy. And it was like video of his dog flopping around doing Frisbees. He's just like the most family-friendly piece. He's brand safe now. Wow. <laughs> Poor Baron. He's just trying to find his way in this world. Yeah, I know. While being... He is a lone wolf, so he has to walk alone. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Cena can impart some, some knowledge mm-hmm. as far as how to My support health. oneself in a professional yeah. manner. Good, good. A good lesson to learn. All good points that we made. Next up, we've got uh, Lee Fox, who has a question for us about... Old bastards coming to the WWE. Let's see what Lee has to say. Hey there, friendos. It's your friendly Fox here, back with another video question. My video question to this week is, does WWE rely too much on old talent in the WWE still? Don't get me wrong, it's nice when you hear the crack glass, the Stone Cold theme tune. It's nice when you hear the bong with the Undertaker's theme tune. It's nice when you hear, it's nice when old Shawn Michaels comes back, but these stars actively do not wrestle. Um, my question is, my, my thing about that is, um, does it really pop ratings to see a, uh, an old star come back that can't wrestle? Um, or does it mean that the current roster is just not good enough and does not pop the crowd enough as like the stars of the Attitude Era? Thanks a lot, guys. Let me know what you think. Thank you, Lee. Mm, interesting question. Does the WWE rely too much on, bringing, on, on dragging old carcasses out just for a ratings pop here and there? I'll tell you why they don't. Because if they were going to have Shawn Michaels come out as the colonel, they should advertise that well in advance because that would have popped ratings. Oh, All right. man. I, I'm not sure I can argue <laughs> that. I'm really not. Um, that if, was so weird. If they were... I, they obviously think there is a benefit to having, say, Shawn Michaels on without the colonel get-up <laughs> yeah. on episodes of Raw and advertising that. They feel there's a benefit... I don't know, based on numbers, if there actually is, if there is a ratings increase. Yeah. 
Um, but I would think the wrestlers that would probably nearly guarantee your ratings pop, like Stone Cold, like The Rock, they're on so infrequently. Yeah, I know. That you can't really say they rely on them too much. Well, that's pop. Yeah. Hold on a second, man. You're interrupting me. Sorry. This isn't a conversation now. Yeah, I know. I'm supposed to be debating the other point, but I'm trying to narrow down exactly when this has happened so I can debate the point. There you go. <laughs> um, it happens so infrequently that you can't say they rely on them too much. Mm. They do rely on them to a certain extent. I don't necessarily think Vince, when he's struggling to pop ratings, goes to his... His, his, his secret mystery box opens it up with his telephone numbers for Stone Cold and the Rock. Rolodex. No, it's a box, a golden box. And when he opens it, it illuminates from the inside. It's a Rolodex, man. Um, and, and pulls out their numbers and calls them. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a last resort thing. Like, if, if he calls up Stone Cold and says, Steve, I need you to come by Raw this week in, in, uh, in Dallas. What? And, and Stone goes, eh, 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 eh. I'm out here in Los Angeles at 316 Gimmick Street. I got five podcasts to record this week. I'm, dro- <laughs> I'm dropping lots of cans of audio whoop ass. So, Sponsored by Onnit. The, the guys that he could bring in that would pop ratings, The Rock, Stone Cold, more than anybody, they're just too damn busy. <laughs> you can't rely on them. The Rock seems like he's doing 10 projects at once. Yeah. Stone Cold's living happily in Los Angeles yeah. <laughs> at 316 Gimmick <laughs> Street doing podcasts. Doing the Broken Skull Ranch, doing yeah. the occasional movie, they're too busy. They don't need to be that involved in wrestling. Yeah. So, no, WWE's not relied on the talent too much. They show up every now and again. They get a good fun pop, maybe a fun segment. Shawn Michaels as Colonel Sanders is pretty hilarious. <laughs> I think that these days that's kind of the extent of it. We're just talking about old-timers showing up on TV, not necessarily having matches. That's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Reliance on part-timers, I would say... Yeah, they rely on part-time wrestlers too much mm-hmm. to pop ratings. But just having old-timers show up to interact with, uh, like the segment with uh, uh, Reigns and HBK. Yeah. Do you think that popped ratings? No. No, probably not. And it barely enhanced the story. Yeah. I mean, this is a hard one to take the other side on because, like you said, like you said, they don't, they, they don't really trot them out that often. <laughs> like HBK FC. I mean, literally, if they had advertised that for weeks in advance and made a huge moment of that, <laughs> yeah. that'd be great. Oh, man. I mean, I, there's not there's not really a can. I mean, are you sure? So I, I watched the video question, but then I sort of tuned out a little bit because I know that you're going to write it down properly. Well, he, you, mentioned, he mentioned uh, like Goldberg. Goldberg. What about Goldberg? Well, he wrestled us like a part-time wrestler. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Last year's WrestleMania. Hold on. What was the card like? Because we had well, Goldberg. Last, year, last year's WrestleMania was Goldberg versus Lesnar, two part-timers. Right. You had The Undertaker against Roman. There's another part-timer. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if you're talking part-timers as active wrestlers, yeah, I think they do rely on them too much. Was that his question? I thought it was just more like uh, old-time wrestlers making appearances. Because oh, he mentioned okay. Stone Cold. Oh, okay. And I thought he mentioned uh, HBK, too. When's the last time Stone Cold was on programming? <laughs> maybe maybe Lee watches, like, the Raw replays, which are, like, a month behind. And maybe he's, like, a couple months behind. I don't know. Because I don't remember the last time Stone Cold was even on TV. Yeah, he's not on very much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Randy Orton, he's, a, he's, an, old, he's an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a full-time schedule. Yeah, I know, exactly. But, yeah, I think they I mean, I said for a while that the Universal title match at Mania should have been Jericho and Owens because of the story they built around it. Yeah. And Jericho, when he's back, he's back. He still puts yeah, on yeah, fantastic yeah. matches. Yeah. So, so by the definition by definition of the term, he's a part-timer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I mean, okay, so Goldberg was kind of, he was, that was like a one-time, I mean, Goldberg might come back next year, but it's not going to be the story they told this year. No. The WrestleMania before that was kind of bad. Yeah, it was not good. Well, The Rock defeated, yeah. Yeah, that was The Rock awful. and the Wyatts, that was bad. Um, Sting. Sting. 
Yeah, the Trot of Sting. When they brought out the NWO and in, in, in yeah. DX for the Sting versus Triple H match. Yeah, I mean, like, nostalgia's a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. You can get an audience to pop huge to bring out someone they haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, but there, but that that list of people is is so narrow at this point. I mean, the only thing we haven't really seen is like Kurt Angle lacing up the boots again. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind. I mean, that, that's kind of it. Like, there's not a lot. There's not not a lot more you can do. I mean, obviously, CM Punk is still out there with that lawsuit. They're, that ain't happening. No, it's not happening anyway. Lawsuit's um, happening. But yeah, I think they, in terms of part-time wrestlers, they rely on them too much. And at times, if they want to build new stars. They need to be, be booked in prominent positions at major shows. And I think having uh, Jericho and Owens fight for the U.S. title on the undercard of WrestleMania, well towards the undercard, versus having them in the Universal title match, that would have been massive for Kevin Owens mm-hmm. to be in one of the three last matches at WrestleMania fighting, defending the Universal title. Yeah. That would been massive. Yeah. Built a huge star. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. The older the current guys get... And the so like you got guys like Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is going to be an active competitor for how much? Ten, ten years maybe. Probably ten years. So they're going to be around. There's going to those guys are going to be building longevity. And at that point, you're going to get within within two years. We're going to be at the point where guys like Triple H is not going to be on the WrestleMania card. Guys like Brock Lesnar probably are not going to be on the WrestleMania card. He might sign another three year deal. Uh, if because of this Johnny John Bones situation, John Jones situation, but you know Goldberg, he's not gonna. I, I really, I'd be surprised. If he I came would back. be surprised if he came back. Undertaker, we mentioned this on Daily Show today. Hopefully he's retired. Hopefully he's retired. I don't really want to see him throw his hip out. So the, the 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 nucleus that they have, the roster now is so strong that we're gonna. It's going to be kind of like we saw in the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. where you have. Strong enough rosters to warrant them having their own WrestleManias, not relying yeah. on because they couldn't rely on part timers back then because yeah. they were all in WCW. Yeah. So there isn't really that anymore. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they got on good good terms with Hogan again, and he came and did like a segment, a talking segment at Mania. That wouldn't surprise me. But we're we're very quickly getting to the point where. Yeah, they're going to have to be relying on... When John Cena said that to Roman Reigns, I'm around because you haven't done your job. He was pretty much telling the truth. And that that is a huge danger for the WWE because yeah. now he's got a... He's, you know, I, I think I read something and it might have been... It was on one of those... It might have been the Dirty Sheets. I forget. But they said, you know, the Bumblebee movie, it turns out, is going to... It's going to cost start Cena shooting. more yeah, time yeah. and sooner. Right after No Mercy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so they had to, like, hurry the Cena Reigns thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's the danger. Well, that's the danger also of, u- of utilizing part-timers so much now is you're not investing the time in building up younger stars so they can mm-hmm. eventually get to that point in two years. Right, where, exactly. Where, where, you know, like we want to see AJ versus Nakamura headline WrestleMania, mm-hmm. but does a casual fan want to see that? Right, right. Unless you invest the time in building up those characters and developing them into huge stars... Now mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Have that headlining match in two years and sell the place out. Yeah, yeah. Or you run the risk of not getting well, the mainstream coverage that you could have. And done. that's, I mean, that's the benefit of of having uh, Nakamura, you know, lose to Cena on TV, which is seen by two and a half million people, or maybe three million. I mean, the other way around, Cena losing to Nakamura. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so used to saying people losing to Cena. Um, 
is that I, I think there is an attempt to build that. Now, I mean, you know, the, you can you can argue about the Roman Reigns thing, him being shoehorned, but, you know, Roman Reigns, yeah. I don't well, here's a, the one problem. I don't, I don't mind Cena Nakamura being on SmackDown. Give us a build. Give it a program. Make yeah, it no, something. I know. I know. Well, that's, a, that's a whole different. That's a whole different issue. But you know, while he's there, while he's there, and you have three million people watching, you know, yeah, give him the rub, yeah. and then do it again. So, yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is like the the quality of the quality of wrestlers so strong these days. Oh, it is definitely that you know, um, they'll be okay. Yeah, they'll be okay. Yeah. You want to do some power ranking? I want to introduce something new this week. Oh, good. Start new, doing it every week. New. I know other people do this where every week uh, uh, or every month, like PWI every month, they do power rankings of, of the top wrestlers, WWE, New Japan, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Okay. So I thought we do power rankings all the time. Sure, yeah. And maybe not every week we'll do power rank. You know, maybe we'll change the criteria every week. Okay. But right now, just to kick it off, we're going to do power rankings in WWE. Okay. Who is the most powerful in, in WWE? Yeah. So what are the criteria for this? Power. Pow- oh, power. Okay. We're literally ranking power. Okay, power. Number one power in WWE is Braun Strowman. Over Brock Lesnar? Yeah, because didn't their last confrontation... So Brock Lesnar said Suplex City B-word. Mm-hmm. That was just this last week. Yeah. But the week after that... You think the bots will catch me if I say Suplex City Yeah. We'll find out. Okay. Um... All right, I'm fine putting Braun. If, if this is based Braun put Braun through like three tables. All right, this is just based on power. Just power. All right, this is literal power rankings. The literal power rankings. Right, ranking this, power. They're essentially ra- ranking the, the, the five strongest people in WWE. Well, yeah, most powerful. Most powerful. Well, not just physical strength, but power. But not in... Okay, number two... Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Shoot, you know what? Now I'm wondering if... I mean, power is, is kind of an abstract thing. I mean, theoretically... We're, we're talking about... Well, the Undertaker has powers of the darkness. On-screen power, I would actually say John Cena is number one. Because Lol Cena wins? Because he just buried Roman Reigns, the next John Cena. He just buried the next him. I'm going to put Cena at two. Okay, Cena at two. I'm going to give physical power the advantage over uh, political power. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. In the, in, in the wrestling world. Okay. So we have good. Braun as most powerful right yes, now. Right now. This is literally most powerful. Yeah, actual power. Cena, political because, power. Because of a, yeah. Yeah. And then Brock Lesnar, because uh-huh. physical power. Again, back down to physical power, but he's also a little bit of both. Maybe what Brock about, be, hey, listen, maybe Brock should be number one because he possesses both political power in that true. leverage with the UFC, but that's gone down a little bit because it's of John Jones. It's gone down a lot because of the John Jones But thing. he can still go to the UFC and fight somebody uh, else. I don't think the leverage is quite what it was before the John Jones thing. But he still has a lot of power, both physical and political. He's like Braun and John. He's like okay. drawn. Drawn. Brock Lesnar is kind of both. He should be number one. All right. So you come back around to my original. I point. did, but on my own terms. Okay. Um, the only I think, terms any man should know. I think three, if we're going pure, purely based on power, has to be Bray Wyatt. Because <laughs> he can teleport. And that's a pretty cool power well, to that's have. That's an actual power. Yeah. That's a superpower. That's a superpower. <laughs> he can teleport. Okay. Well, so Bray Wyatt has to be four. Bray Wyatt is number four. He can teleport. We're not going to put Finn Balor because he's a superpower. But only in a certain form. He's not like that all the time. <laughs> okay. That's a good point. He's a part-time power. He's a part-time power. That's not an attack. Do they overuse part-time powers in WWE? Well, he, I, I think he's the only part-time power. Unless Undertaker comes back as American Badass. No, American, no, no it would be Dead Man Undertaker because he has the power. American Badass Taker doesn't have any power. He's not power. Kane's not around, so yeah, can't count him. Around. No. Who else has power? 
Who else has power? Does Randy Orton still have power? Because he used to like he yeah. hasn't just, he hasn't displayed it. I'm assuming no. Yeah. He lost to Jinder Mahal like three times. Good point. He has no power. <laughs> he has zero power. Are there any other supernatural? Would you consider like the power of three very small individuals power? Ring the honor, the re-dishonor? No, because they just kind of take advantage of situations. They okay, really all right. Or shown genuine Is power. Is Alistair Black a supernatural being? I mean, Asuka, she had the power to freaking... Oh, yeah, Asuka's got to be on here. Clear out an entire division. Yeah, and she'll probably do the same when she's on main. All right, those and are... And now, now, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know about what happens to Asuka, just stop watching right now. She has bargaining power True. because she's bargaining with SmackDown and, and, and Raw to figure out who wants her the most. True. Bargaining power is very important power. True. It's kind of akin to political power, but... But it's more lucrative, potentially. Or not as lucrative because John Cena has Hollywood bargaining power. True. Brock Lesnar has other fighting bargaining power. This is a great list. This is a good list. This Literal encom- power ratings. Power en- rankings. This encompasses all power. All power. You know what we should do? Uh, you know what we should do next week is WWE power tankings. Mm. The opposite of this. Yeah. Who has the least power? Who's tanking in the power department? <laughs> oh, Kurt Hawkins. He's on 100 match loose streak. So he'd be like number one or number five. One. Could a power tanking winner be in number one spot? Yeah. Really. It's the same as like doing a worst list. <laughs> Right. Number one yeah. is worse. Oh, number one is worse. So it's the same. Okay. It's the same Z's. All right. Sounds good. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of ridiculousness. You have Larson to thank for the new power rankings or the rankings. We got to figure going in rankings. Yeah. Going in rankings. <laughs> did you see my uh, thumbnail for NXT today for the live? I did. It was going in draw. Yeah, I saw that. Did you yeah. understand it? Did you get it this Immediately. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Uh, Anyways, hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.